Oh, what a great day it is. A wonderful day to worship. We have a friend in Jesus, and, and we're going to look at today at some, uh, some good news and some of the exciting things of, of Scripture. But sometimes we don't always uh, recognize it or see it that way. So how many of you have seen the movie Breakthrough? It's a Disney movie came out in 2019. Anybody? There's a couple hands out there. All right, it's, it's based on a true story. It's the story of John Smith, a 14-year-old boy from Lake St. Louis, Missouri. And Chrissy Metz from This Is Us plays his mom. And Topher Grace plays his pastor. And uh, it happened in January of 2015. John was walking on the lake. The ice was thin. And he had two friends with him. And they all broke through. One of the friends managed to pull himself up on the ice. Another of the friends managed to be rescued as he struggled there in the water. But John, he drowned. And he sank to the rocky bottom of that lake. The emergency people arrived there quickly. Fifteen minutes after John had gone under, Fire Captain Tommy Shine, working in a rescue suit, was able to find his body on the lake bottom and to pull him out. His heart had stopped. His lungs were filled. He was cold from the 40-degree water. Unable to get his heart going again, John was rushed to the hospital where they continued to try to revive him. It was there almost an hour after he drowned that his mother Joyce reached him. And when she, she saw her, her son lying there, he's covered up, they're trying to, to get him warm, they're trying to, to get him breathing, she reached out and touched the only thing that was exposed, which was his cold gray foot. And she grabbed a hold of his foot and she prayed, Holy Spirit, I need you now. Please give me back my son. And John began to breathe. Now doctors told her that he probably wouldn't last the night. According to their tests, he only had brain stem function, not full function. He'd been gone too long. But by now, his church was praying for him. And, and in fact, thousands are praying for him because his story had gone viral on Facebook. And 11 days later, John woke up. And 16 days later, he walked out of the hospital. John was a student here at North Central University in Minneapolis. Um, up until COVID, he was studying to be a pastor. I don't know what has happened to him now because COVID kind of messed everything up. But his mom wrote about this in a book called Impossible, from which they made the movie. So what do you think when you hear stories like this? Do you think, well, that's Disney. I'm sure it didn't happen that way. Or do you think there's, there's a perfectly good medical reason why John survived? Perhaps the cold water helped preserve him, even though his core temperature hadn't dropped really that much. Or maybe you think, well, John just got lucky. Or do you think, 
Thank God for answered prayer. You know, there's a lot of stuff written about unanswered prayer. What do we do when our prayers aren't answered the way that, that we expect God to? How come God didn't give me what I prayed for? Why did it take so long? Where's my miracle? The, uh, the firefighter who rescued, who rescued John said afterwards that what he was thinking was, why'd God save John? Why'd God save John and not save all those things in my life? Why'd God save John? Well, those kinds of questions and how they respond to them are found in the 12th chapter of, of Acts. It's a story about the church at prayer, praying for a miracle. Remember, last week I mentioned how in Acts, the Christians have begun to be persecuted, first by the, the Jewish leaders, and, and now the secular leaders are piling on. And we're going to start out with the very first verse of chapter 12 in the book of Acts. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw this met with the approval from the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. And after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for, to God for him. <coughs> the church was earnestly praying for Peter, because that's what we do in the church, right? We pray. When somebody tells us that, that they're having difficulties in their life or has, has a problem in their life, we say, we'll pray for you, and we do. I mean, if you pull out the church bulletin today, there's a whole list of people that we're praying for. And we have an, an email prayer chain of 89 persons ready to pray for any need that you have as soon as they hear about it. Joey has lost his job. We're praying for Joey. Alicia is in a car accident. We're praying for Alicia. Wendy has cancer, praying for Wendy. Corey has COVID, praying for Corey. We pray all the time. There's even a half a dozen people on our intercessory prayer team that come every week and meet in the library, and they pray for every one of the needs that comes up. If you leave a prayer request in, in the little box by the door, they pray for that. They pray for our church. They pray for our leaders. They pray for our communities. Res... People are praying people. Just like the church in Acts 12. They are praying earnestly for Peter. Herod has killed James. And now Peter is next. Verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. 
Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel, that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. He, he thought he was dreaming. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they'd walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. The church's prayers are answered. Peter can hardly believe it himself. It's a miracle. His chains are gone. The angel has led him past the guards right out through the doors of the prison. And there he is, free. Verse 12. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. It's a prayer meeting at Mary's house. The faithful Christians have been praying for God to act. Verse 13. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Go, Rhoda. She doesn't even need to see Peter's face to know that their prayers have been answered. She just hears his voice beyond the door, and she runs off to share the good news. Now, it would have been nice if she would have opened the door and let him in. I mean, he's a wanted man. But she's so excited because she knows that God has answered their prayers. And so she runs to tell the others the good news. And here's how they respond. Verse 15. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. God can't actually have answered our prayers, at least not like that. Rhoda, you're out of your mind. You know, this is one of the stranger verses in Scripture. These are apostolic Christians. They're in a prayer meeting, earnestly begging God for Peter's life. And when Rhoda tells them that their prayers are answered, they tell her, you must be out of your mind. You know, why is it that even as praying Christians, we expect the worst instead of the best? I know we've all had times when, when our prayers were not answered in the way we liked. So maybe it's just easier to believe that God doesn't answer prayers, or at least not big ones. So we carefully craft our prayers to be small enough that God will listen to them and have no trouble answering or maybe we stop praying at all. I can't count the number of conversations that I've had with Christians who said to me, I stopped praying when such and such happened. I stopped praying when my mother died. I stopped praying when my marriage never got better. I stopped praying when the pain wouldn't go away. But Peter's church hasn't stopped praying, and their prayers are answered. So what's the problem with answered prayer? Maybe it's that we think we know how God works, or at least should work. So we expect the answer to be one way, and, and God couldn't possibly answer it another way. 
Maybe they, like, expected Peter would be given a life sentence instead of being executed. Maybe that's how they thought that God would answer their prayer. They were praying for his life to be spared. And the best they can hope for is that Herod would just leave him in prison and not executing and not execute him like he'd done to James. Maybe that's what they thought God would do to answer their prayers. The month before I became a pastor, one of the young men in the church there that I would start to serve got high on drugs and broke into somebody's house with a friend of his um, to rob them. They were carrying stuff out of the house when the homeowner pulled into the driveway and they shot him dead. Now, this young man didn't even remember what had happened, but his guilt was obvious and he was convicted of first-degree murder. And I wasn't there for the trial, but, but I was there for the sentencing and I sat with his family the choice the judge had to make was between a death sentence or life in prison without parole. And the family and the church was praying that his life would be spared, even if it meant he would spend the rest of it in prison. No one dared to pray that he might be released or, or given another sentence. The best they could hope for was life in prison. And maybe that's how Peter's church was praying. They prayed for his life to be spared, but the best case that they could imagine was that he'd be left in prison instead of being executed, which is what happened to that young man in my church. He was given a life sentence. And is that how we pray? God, we know that you wouldn't do this, but could you at least do this? Remember a couple of weeks ago when we heard the story of how Peter's faith healed the man who wasn't able to walk from birth? It's in Acts chapter 3 if you want to go up and go back and review it. But the man couldn't walk. And so for all of his life, his family or his friends brought him to the gate of the temple and they set him there so he could beg from the people coming to worship and get enough money to live off of, to put food on their table. So what do you think his friends were praying for him? What do you think the people coming to worship who saw them in there every day, what were they praying for this man? Lord, may he get enough money to take care of his needs today? Or maybe having heard of mistreatment, they prayed, Lord, May he be treated well today by the people who pass by. Lord, help my friend make it through another day. You know, those are all good prayers. I've prayed prayers like that a thousand times. But who dared pray, God, may this man dance today. God, may he jump up and praise you and never again have to come here to beg. Maybe no one prayed that. Until Peter came along and said, I don't have any silver or gold to give you, 
but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Why do we have such trouble believing that God would answer prayers like that? I mean, maybe, maybe it's because we think we know what God can and can't do, or, or maybe it's because we've been fooled before. People have promised us, if we just pray this way, if we just do this, then God will give you whatever you ask for. And of course, it hasn't happened. People make those kinds of promises, but we forget that, that even Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Sometimes God's will is a little different than the way we're praying. Or, or maybe we have trouble with, with answered prayer because, well, the stories of answered prayer just seem so, I don't know, questionable, um, ridiculous maybe even. I was... Uh, doing an internet search of stories of answered prayer, people's testimonies to how God had, had answered their prayers. And some of them were, I mean, they're just plain odd. There were, there's one woman who said that, that she moved with her family to a, a new community where the Walmart was so small it didn't have a grocery section. And so she prayed for cheap groceries. And the next day, she goes to the Walmart, and there's a big sign, coming soon, a grocery section. It's a miracle. Another woman was, wanted a child. And so, while on vacation to Jerusalem, she wrote a, a prayer on a little scrap of paper, and she put it in the the wall, the western wall of the Temple Mount that, that so many people do. She said, God, give me a child. And by the time she got home, she was pregnant. Answered prayer. And then there was probably the, the biggest miracle of, of all these stories. A wife and her husband had gotten into a disagreement, and she prayed, Lord, reveal the truth to my husband. And sure enough, by the very next morning, he saw the light and admitted that he was wrong. It was a miracle. A husband admitting he was wrong. Now we look over these stories and we say, really? Was that really God? Didn't help in the, that in the middle of all these stories was a, was a pop of bad for some miracle cure that would regrow your teeth so you'd never have to go to the, the doctor. I mean, it's hard to sort out these kinds of things. But we think we know what God does. We think we know what God will and won't do. God doesn't build Walmarts. God doesn't get you pregnant unless you're married. God doesn't correct husbands. God doesn't heal drowned boys. God doesn't open jails and save our friends' lives. Or does he? Maybe our problem with answered prayers is that we don't always get what we expect. The fire captain wasn't so much bothered that John's mother got her prayers answered 
Except God didn't seem to answer all of his prayers. But even so, that answered prayer led him to new hope in Christ. And I'm sure that answered prayer did the same for Peter's church. Verse 16. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. And then he left for another place. Now this is not a lesson about unanswered prayer. And perhaps we can look at that another time. But, but when God does answer a prayer in a way that we can't understand, don't dismiss it. Don't tell someone that they're crazy when their prayer is answered, that they're out of their mind. Just thank God. And don't ever be afraid to pray for something that you think is even too big for God because you never know. Maybe, maybe while you're still praying, the answer will walk right up to your door and knock. Let's pray. God, we, we have trouble with prayer. We have trouble with the prayers that aren't answered the way we want them to be. We have trouble when it seems that we have to wait so long. But to be honest, we have trouble even when you answer our prayers. We have trouble believing that, that you could actually do that in our life or in the life of a friend. Lord, when, when somebody like Rhoda tells us that prayers have been answered, maybe not say out of your mind, maybe say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we do that today. We thank you for all the answered prayers that we've experienced. We know that you are still at work. And we trust that there is nothing too big for you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, let us stand.